but it blew up because man, I I got really blessed. You know, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son. Yeah. Uh, he tweeted out the video link randomly, like two weeks after I uploaded it. No way. He just tweeted out the link. Yeah, he tweeted out the link, and then I woke up and I got a message from message from somebody random. He's like, "Dude, I just saw Jaden retweet your video. Very cool." I was like, "Dude, who's Jaden?" And then I looked at it. I was like, "Oh my god!" I woke up to like fifty thousand views. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Levi Kelly a creator whose cabin tour videos have garnered nearly 80 million views on YouTube. Growing up, Levi used to goof around and shoot funny videos with his buddies and then edit them on the iMovie app on his iPhone. In high school, he realized that shooting and editing video was much more than just a hobby of his. It felt like something that he was destined to do. After successfully landing a few freelance clients in college, Levi came to the realization that he didn't like paying tuition to be taught something that, well, he already knew how to do. So he dropped out of school and went full-time on video. And it was around this time where he posted his first ever tour of a tiny home on his YouTube channel. Well, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son, happened to see this video and then share it on Twitter. And, well, it went viral. Tune in to hear the story behind how Levi used his love of storytelling to produce video tours of the world's most incredible Airbnbs. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Levi Kelly. All right, Levi, we were live, dude. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I am ex so excited for you to be here. I, I feel like I'm like meeting like, I, you know how people like geek out over like famous people and stuff. I feel like I'm <laughs> geeking out over over one of uh, my favorite creators in the space. So this is a, a real treat for me. And I appreciate you making time, even though I know you're just getting over a sickness too, a, a stomach bug, I believe. Dude, I had a stomach bug yesterday. I haven't thrown up since third grade, and I'm 25 now, and I threw up twice yesterday. So I was a, <laughs> no. I was a wreck. Big oh, wreck. No, I was dude. in bed all day and all night. My back was hurting so bad. Jeez. Well, I <laughs> so, am. Yeah, today's recovery mode. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so thankful that you uh, that you're making time here. I'm really really excited to to dive into your story. Talk a little bit about your journey and where you've been and where you are today and, and, and where you're going. Um, so I wanted to kick off this conversation by talking a little bit about who Levi was as, as a kid. So, you know, when somebody asked you what you wanted to do or, or who you wanted to be when you grew up, how would you, how would you respond? Definitely when I was younger, I feel like what I'm doing now kind of falls into that category. I used to want to make movies. So in college, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And then I was planning to go to Ohio University for their screenwriting screenwriting and production program. Okay. And I, I did it for a little bit. I got accepted into the program. And uh, then, like, as soon as I got accepted, I dropped out. Wow. <laughs> which doesn't really make, which doesn't make sense because I was already doing a bunch of video stuff freelance on my own. And I don't know, the movie scene. 
I still wanted to do that, but I was like, man, make it a lot of money now. And I don't want to drop all that. So I don't know. I just switched paths. Wow. Wow. Did you, so yeah, but now I'm making YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always funny when you talk to creatives, I, the best creatives I know, and this is not a, you know, maybe this is, this is maybe a little bit more of like a relevant, uh, a recent kind of trend, but my, my favorite creatives and the people that I have the most respect for, uh, also either dropped out or, or didn't go to school. Um, and I feel like there must just be something about when, if you, if you realize you have a passion you realize you have a gift that the idea of spending money to sort of have somebody else tell you maybe how to get a little bit better just seems like a lot to stomach, right? Cause creatives tend to be like pretty picky and pretty particular and, and pretty defensive of their work. Right. So I would imagine that like, if you, if you already were, if you already had some traction, the idea of stopping and going to school and having somebody else tell you what to do and paying them to tell you what to do, was probably just not yeah. very attractive. No. Yeah. I feel like a lot of creatives just steer away from school somehow. And yeah, I remember I took my finals. I, or I even studied for the finals. I did half of them and then half of them I just blew on my last semester. I didn't even do them. <laughs> so they probably were thinking, what the heck? <laughs> this guy just skipped all of his finals. But uh, yeah, I went for three semesters and that was it. What did your parents I, I remember say? I was working at, um, they were supportive of whatever I wanted to do, which was really nice. Nice. But I, yeah, I was paying for college. It was painful. And uh, I remember I was a barista before that too and one thing that they made us like create these little bios about ourselves and one thing was i wanted to be a part of a star wars movie no matter what part that was <laughs> still would like to so maybe someday in the future we can yeah if someone from uh, lucas films is tuning in uh levi levi wants a, a an extra spot at the very least right how cool would that be <laughs> that would be cool an extra pa or anything or anything yeah and i, I worked on one movie before i did oh, really? a behind the scenes documentary for a, ho a horror movie oh geez okay that's it, interesting. it was like a it was interesting it was it wasn't theaters or anything it was like a I don't know what you'd call it, a B movie, but an indie film. It was fun. <laughs> an indie film, yeah. That's, that's what it is. Is one way, yeah, one way of describing it. So, so where did where did this love for videography come from? Like, did you were you did you always like stories as a kid? Like, talk to us a little bit about where where this this art form, uh, where this love for this art form first first originated. Well, I remember it's all I wanted to make just comedy videos in high school. For some reason, I think it was like Jimmy Fallon sketches or whatever. I wanted to recreate them with on my cell phone. So I'd get like, I'd just try to shoot on my phone. I would edit it on my phone. I realized I liked it a lot. And then I got my first camera uh, my senior year of high school. And then that's when everything flowed. And I got the camera just to make just funny videos with my friends. So the idea of... And then I realized... Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, then I realized, you know, I was getting pretty good at it and I could make money from that too. So then I started a lot of freelance stuff. Wow. Amazing. And so the idea at the time was, wasn't necessarily like, Hey, I want to go and produce these highly edited, like beautiful videos. It was really just, I want to mess around, have some fun, get some, get some laughs from, from my friends. And that's where, that's where the love of video started. And, and talk to us a little bit about like yeah. wh what like period of time this was. So was this when like you could like edit movie, were you using like iMovie on your phone or like what, how were you editing these movies uh, initially? Yeah. I used iMovie on my phone. That was the first thing I used. Okay. And it all started as my last year of high school. Okay. Okay. Now that's, and amazing. then I convinced my, uh, 
my English teacher at the time, who later became my coffee shop boss. But anyway, I convinced her to let me do like the final essay in that class as a video mm. instead. So me and my friend created a video. Really cool creative outlet. I was the only one that got to do that. <laughs> Dude, that Instead is. Instead of like writing it all down. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And and were <laughs> you using like, like at what point did you decide, oh, there's this whole world of video editing software outside of iMovie, like Final Cut or DaVinci? Like at, at what point do you decide that you need to get better software because you, you, you've you reached the limits, let's just say, of, of what iMovie could offer? Yeah, I didn't have iMovie for that long. As soon as I got my camera, then I got uh, – I started using Final Cut. Okay. It was like immediate change because I wanted to get a lot better in my video, so it was like a quick transition. And at what point in time – are you first do you, like do you remember your first introduction to YouTube like did you did you watch a lot of YouTube as a kid and then desire to be a quote unquote YouTuber or at what point in time do you do you realize that YouTube is this is this platform that might align incredibly well from a distribution standpoint for for your skill set Yeah, I've always been into YouTube. I've watched, you know, I remember in middle school or elementary watching Smosh on YouTube or that's how far back I don't know, 2012, 2013. Yeah. Ever since then, I've watched it. I've watched it a lot. So I was always into YouTube. YouTube videos, always, you know, in the know, the top creators. And uh, probably, I, I didn't really even think about YouTube much whenever I first got my camera and started making videos just because that's like everybody's dream. Though. Like every young kid in school, like that's the number one job now is yeah. to be a YouTuber or something. And, you know, of course, like, I would have said that probably, but I wasn't really on my mind. But whenever I started getting really good and started doing videos full time, you know, creating videos full time for like other people, freelancing, um, I realized that, you know, I kind of want to do this, make money for myself somehow. Let's try this YouTube thing. I would love to be a YouTuber. Huh. And then that's how it started. Were there were there specific like niches that you were interested in exploring? Like, did was was Airbnbs and, and sort of like the travel space kind of the, the first idea that that surfaced, or was there were there other niches that you kind of considered uh, working in, um, um, in in sort of like the the, the YouTube sphere? So, yeah, so traveling was always one of my favorite things to do. Right after high school, me and my buddies would travel. For fun, locally, we thought we were like content creators when we weren't. <laughs> we try to be, <laughs> but we just had fun doing it. So that was always an interest of mine, traveling and such. But whenever I first started creating YouTube videos, I just wanted to make whatever videos I could, and hopefully, my goal was to make two videos every single week about whatever, anything. Hmm. And eventually, if I do this long enough one of them has to like work out. <laughs> so I would create videos like around my apartment or I would do like little short films or, and then towards the end of it, I, I did a couple tiny house tours with my traveling stuff. And that's kind of when it, when it blew up. And were these, that's initial, the one that stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And were the, were these initial videos, were they, were they just like vlogs, like a uh, random, like a, a day in the life of Levi or, or were there like themes or, or purposes to these videos? Were they, were they, they're funny in nature, a little bit more like comedic or was there, was there any sort of theme to them or, or not particularly? Uh, my very first YouTube video was definitely a Casey Neistat vlog ripoff. Okay. <laughs> which I think, I think a lot of people do or did back then. But I, I was in high school during that moment. So then I quit. But when I got serious was whenever I 
first day I moved out of my parents' house and got my own apartment. That's when I started my YouTube channel, really. And uh, those videos were more about, for some reason, I was trying to do like minimalism videos when I wasn't really a minimalist. Uh, I did I did a couple like wardrobe clean out videos and those got like 50,000 views, which I thought was crazy. Okay, yeah. Um, and then yeah, I just did some short films that didn't really make sense. They were just like entertaining. I don't know. They're really random. Yeah, yeah. And then you do, so no, yeah. You and then you end up doing a, a couple of of tiny home shoots, and what those just those just immediately like take off, or or what was different in your mind with respect to the reaction that these videos got compared to the other content that you had previously created? Yeah, so I did two tiny house tours, uh, and first those ones didn't do well at all. Okay. My first one though, I was with my friend, and I remember I remember telling him that man, this is like a whole new niche on YouTube or like a job. People could be touring these short-term rentals full-time on YouTube and like that would be a new unlocked category. So I knew other people were making like tiny house tours, but there it was never Airbnb specific. So I remember telling them that. And then my third video was a shipping container tour. Okay. And that one that one blew up. It has like millions of views now. But it blew up because man, I, I got really blessed you know, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son, yeah. uh, he tweeted out the video link randomly, like two weeks after I uploaded it. No way. He just tweeted out the link. Yeah, he tweeted out the link. And then I woke up and I got a message from message from somebody random. He's like, dude, I just saw Jaden retweet your video. Very cool. I was like, dude, who's Jaden? And then I looked at it. I was like, oh my God. I woke up to like 50,000 views. Wow. I was wow. like, there we go. And then it, then it like got in the YouTube algorithm and it just rolled on from there. So that was my big break. I gained like a bunch of like 30,000 subscribers within a couple of weeks there. Uh, then I realized, well, now I just got to keep making these like tour videos. And the ones I uploaded after that, they just all did really well too for you know a period of time. Wow. So it really grew my channel. Have, very, you, very have you been able to like blessed. thank Jaden? Like, have you been able to like uh, connect with them at all and be like, hey guys, do you know that in part, the reason I got my start was because of your tweet? Like, that that would be yeah, so cool. If you I could... messaged him. Okay, okay. <laughs> and your response, or so maybe he'll. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I don't know. And I, it's so random because I I looked at his like pages and he followed other containers and like tiny house accounts. So I must have been like something he's interested in. Yeah. But for him to retweet my video was didn't make any sense because I had like six hundred views. Yeah. Yeah. And I only had like eight hundred subscribers at the time. Was so. that, was that, I mean, it must have been, right? Like, it must have been the quality of, of, of the shoot then, right? So, like, what, when you, when you look back at that now, you probably cringe knowing what you know, you yeah. know today and what you built today. But, like, hey, maybe at the time, right? Compared to the other container homes that he was looking at, like, there was something special about the way that you, that the way that you shot and or edited this video. Yeah, maybe. That one at the time was one of the coolest shipping container homes you could find at that time. So, that might have been a reason too. Wow. Hey guys, Zach here. So over the last year, I've interviewed over 50 short-term rental investors that are building portfolios of all shapes and sizes on this podcast. I've spoken with hosts that have 70,000 followers on Instagram, which is one vacation rental, SDR investors that are building niche hospitality brands with a target of 10 to 20 units, and also with property managers that oversee hundreds of units. 
As such, I receive questions all the time from listeners who want to get started in STR investing and or who want to scale their portfolio on what resources I recommend that they tap into. And here are three reasons I always recommend they check out an AirDNA subscription. First off, AirDNA offers the most accurate data platform in the industry and is trusted by small and large-scale investors across the globe. Second, their easy-to-use tools unlock access to millions of data points on any property, anywhere. And third, you can enter any address in the world to find out how much you'd earn as a vacation rental. Pretty cool, huh? So if you're interested in getting into the STR game, or if you're interested in taking your game a bit more seriously, I've got some exciting news for you. AirDNA is giving Behind the Stays listeners 20% off their first three months of any MarketMinder subscription or an additional 20% off any annual MarketMinder subscription. You can use the discount code BTS20, BTS is in Behind the Stays 20, at checkout. Oh, and if you don't listen to it already, I highly recommend that you tune into the STR Data Lab, which is a podcast hosted by Jamie and Mariah, the VPs of Research and Marketing at AirDNA. It's a super badass show, and it's one of my favorites in the industry. All right, as soon as this episode is over, be sure to check out AirDNA's MarketMinder subscription and use the discount code BTS20 when you're ready to dive in. So he he tweets you out. Uh, he t- he retweets your your video. Uh, you get all this traction, and then like, do you remember like waking up that day? And was it was it sort of that day that you were like, whoa, I need to do this? Like, were you were you convicted that there was something here, or was it still like, oh, maybe this was just kind of like a a one off sort of like random thing? I should I, I still need some time to think about exactly how I want to carve my niche in in the YouTube space. Um, no, it was right then and there. I was like. All, all of my following and knows this one video so i gotta upload more videos that they might want to watch so i cut it right there and it's like looking on airbnb what can i do next what yeah can I go next? And, so, and it didn't actually at first sorry go ahead go ahead go ahead at first it didn't blow up like immediately i was kind of disappointed it took like the first week or two maybe got like fifty thousand views and that, that was it but then it rolled into the algorithm and then I started, I got monetized from that video and I saw the money coming in. I was like, this is it. Parents, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't go to college. I'm Not only am I not in debt, but I'm actually making money doing what I love. Like that's, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was like, holy crap. Wow. Finally, I got monetized. Because it's kind of like a hard threshold to get monetized. Yeah, which I feel like a lot of people don't know and or a lot of people i think it maybe there's a little bit more uh transparency around it now than than there was you know several years ago but even even today it's 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 hard to do right um there's i feel like all these platforms yeah. are battling for creator time though and, and whatnot and from from my understanding youtube youtube has like pretty remarkable terms even you know today for for creators as opposed to some of the other platforms um but dude talk to us about uh, do you do you after this video goes viral right and and your subscribers start rolling in and get us in, in into youtube's algorithm and whatnot are, are are you then going and like reaching out to all these airbnb hosts like were, were people like immediately dming you and contacting you or or how did that like what were the early days like yeah no no dms or anything from anybody i from my after that um i just paid for some trips myself i did a couple random ones in South Carolina and such. And then I did a trip to New York. And I remember that was like my biggest trip. I had like four or five planned on that trip to shoot. But I, I just booked them all on Airbnb. And I didn't, I didn't even tell the people I was filming them. 
So <laughs> I was like, well, this this trip can pay for itself on YouTube, then I'll, I will 100% keep doing this. And because this is a lot of money to me at the yeah, time, it was like of course, thousand, like one or two thousand dollars for that trip. So I was like, dang, this better make its money back. And it did. Wow. I was like, there we go. So, and then I kept, I might've done the bookings a little bit more after that. But when I realized I could, I had a good portfolio, good subscriber base, I would reach out and be like, Hey, can I get a free night for this video? And would you, and be, in the beginning, what? Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, and would you go, was it always just like one night? Like, were you able to shoot everything that you needed in, in just like that night? Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's <laughs> stressful. <still> one night. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is definitely stressful. Sometimes I'll get two nights, but there's a theory to that. And uh, it's because, you know, now I have a wife and family. If I'm gone two nights every single time, and that's 104 nights I'm gone a year. Jeez. And instead of just 52, yeah. since I post once a week. Since right now my uh, wife and kid don't come with me. So I, I just try to you know, keep the time away as short as I can. If they, if they come before we had our son, Weston, um, uh, Savannah and I, my wife's plan was to travel full time on Airbnb. Like I would ask for a couple more nights. Cause I know I could, sometimes they offer me a lot of nights and I just like, no, I just want one. Yeah. I think I'm crazy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, I would travel like full time. We would be traveling full time and yeah, but that didn't happen. But that's okay. You yeah. Know, things change. Things change. Yeah. Kids uh, throw wrinkles in plans. Um, it's funny. So uh, and I can't remember if I told you this or not, but so my wife and I, right before we just had our, our first kid, he's like six weeks old. And uh, before that, congratulations. thank you. Thank you. We, we actually were living full time on Airbnb for like a year and a half. And so we were, you know, hopping to new places uh, every, every, you know, week. And um, finding like these cool like last minute deals, which sort of was the inspiration for our business, Spontaneous. And um, anyways, it was like an incredible adventure. And we we have dreams wow. to like you know as soon as the the kid is old enough, we'd love to go back out on on the road. But it is just it's just so much harder to travel with the kid. They have so much stuff, dude. There's yes. so much stuff. Oh gosh, yeah, but. so much stuff. Their sleep schedules fragile. <laughs> Their vomit is fragile too. Yeah, everything, <laughs> everything is fragile. Um, so, so, dude, how do I you? Remember, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I remember one time I brought them with me because we wanted to try it, but the, it was a tiny house and it was just so tiny. No matter where they were, they were just like in my way. So they had to sit in the bathroom for like an hour, and I felt so bad as I was like filming oh, everything. Dude. I was like way can't do this again yeah yeah oh that is tough yeah. man yeah i was gonna ask I about know. that i was gonna ask about how like yeah how how, how you work that out um because you're like you can't you, you can't touch this don't mess this up man like no he he just vomited <laughs> all over the green velvet couch like you know no uh, <laughs> that'd be horrible yeah. <laughs> uh so how do you how do you decide like where to stay now so obviously like at first you, you're dming people right and um or you're reaching out people are giving you these these free one night stays uh were you charging at uh, initially too for that like for your time or was it really just a stay swap because you were able to monetize on youtube uh it's just a stay swap okay because i can monetize on youtube that keeps things i know you know people have called me nuts for not charging and you know i've had people anyway yeah I just, it's just a stay swap for now yeah yeah so still but today it still today it's still a stay swap even 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 though you are who you are today it's, you, you don't charge people. Correct. Wow. Because 
surprisingly, a lot of people still say no, or they just don't even like get back with me. Okay. So in my, especially in the beginning, it's probably like 50, 50 people would say no, but now it's a lot more than that. But it's like, to me, I just need to stay no matter what, because I'll make money from the stay. Yeah. So that's why I don't want to ask for money, but I definitely could. It keeps things a lot simpler if I don't. Yeah. It's just more of like a DM relationship basically. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about like, you know, pleasing your client. Right. And, um, exactly. That's tough. That's dude. not what I want to do. You spend a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. If people are paying for something, their expectation, Oh, can you Levi, can you do this instead? Or, you know, I don't think you, you, you snapped yes. enough footage of, of like this couch, this couch has been in my family for generations or like <laughs> we spent, a, you know, thousands of dollars on this, like, like, you know, blanket ladder. Like, why didn't you shoot it? You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's probably the number one reason is that there's just no expectations of making no money. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll do whatever I can to keep my life simpler. Dude, I like that. I love that. That's a that's a really good way of of thinking about like how to live. Um, so I, I do want to talk about how you actually approach your your tours. So I, I've looked at like as part of what I do with Spontaneous, like I've looked at a lot of creators in the space, lot lots of folks' content. I mean, it, I, in the past, I'd say even like three years, it's like blown up, and you know, people have caught on to you know. I, th- I think I consider you like the first, or like at least a. a a pioneer and trailblazer. I don't, I don't, I haven't been in the industry long enough to know if that is true, but I think you were one of the first people to like really make this a thing, if not the first person to make it a thing. And so I, I'm curious, like how, how do you approach your, your shoots? Because the quality dude is, is just remarkable. And like, I, I literally last night in preparing for this interview, I watched like four of your videos and I was just like, again, like amazed by how you're <laughs> able to tell these stories shoot what you shoot and to find out that you still only do this and most of the time for in, in like a day is is just absolutely impressive so talk to us a little bit about how you approach the shoot from a from a creative standpoint well, which ones did you watch i watched the container the like stacked container um it's, it was almost like a like three container home uh containers stacked on top of each other um i watched the cave one i watched the um the cave one yeah the cave one was ridiculous dude that one's insane. Yeah. I spent a lot of time on the edit for that one. Yeah, yeah. Because I knew it was going to be good. Yeah, that was remarkable. But, so, yeah, yeah talk but, to us about your process. Um, For finding them, it's definitely – that's probably where I spend most of my time, just on my computer, like right now, searching. So, the cave is – I'm trying to find now the unicorns in the Airbnb world. The cave house is definitely the unicorn. And it, you know, a lot, it got a lot of views, like 2 million views. Yeah. And it's only been out for a couple months. So those ones I'm always definitely trying to find, but you know, there's, that's hard. I try to find first off, if I find one I like, I'm going to find other ones in that area that I try to like as well. So if I make a trip, like I was just in Washington and I did five out there and they're all kind of close together. So yeah. That uh, saves me money on like flights and stuff like that. So sometimes I'll do like up to 10 if it's crazy or I'll do a little bit less, but I'll just try to find a bunch in an area that I like and you know, they got to look good. So I guess what I pick is I'm always looking at the categories on Airbnb. Now they have like tiny houses. uh, I don't know. Containers. I'll go through those, but those aren't that helpful because, um, if the host's calendar isn't fully open, it won't show up. Yep. Or if there's another criteria or something, it just doesn't show up, which is 
in my opinion, really, really stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, they used to have the categories, and it was, like, in the setting. Yeah. Or and you could do tiny houses. And that was a lot better because they would all show up no matter what. But now these categories, I don't. you might know, like, other reasons they don't show up. Yeah. Uh, I just know the calendar one. Yeah, I think they're. But, I think they're trying to incent. One of the things that they're trying to do is incentivize people to have their calendars opened up like all the time, right? And what people are, you know, as as yeah. some of these more unique homes, you know, grow their Instagram followings or grow their YouTube channels or their TikTok followings, they're able to like build up incredible direct booking strategies and use direct booking yeah. tools, which obviously Airbnb doesn't like. And so, I I don't think think that they've publicly said this anywhere, but from from my read, I think that uh, they're they're penalizing essentially these homes that aren't that aren't open more they are more yeah yeah which is really sad but you know it's, i mean it's so sad and another one is um instant booking if they don't have instant booking yeah they don't show up yep 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 so that stinks for me because <laughs> now i have to do like different more research search yeah but yeah a lot more research and uh so but they have to look good so the exterior has to look really good because uh, that's usually my thumbnail so it can't be just like a a regular house or something like that uh, and then the interior also has to look really good. So that could either be in, if you've watched a lot of my videos, I kind of have a same style of what I like the interior, but I don't really do rustic places or like, like Tennessee cabins, like Gatlinburg style cabins. Yeah. I don't do those like with a big bear rug and that type of thing. Um, <laughs> or like the, so, what's the steed? Like there's, I feel like everyone, there's all these hosts that have like this, it's like from Target. It's like this, um, this steed, like this photo of like a steed. I don't know if you've seen this, but like it is in like every other, have, yes. every other like Airbnb has like this steed. And I don't know what, where that steed yes. must have shown up on some sort of influencers like channel or something, but like everybody has that. Um, anyway, so you, you won't be shooting those yeah. homes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the interiors are like the same. And, you know, after doing this a couple of years, I'm kind of trying to find better interior designs. Like the cave house was very unique and very good. It yeah. was uh, gothic something, gothic academia or dark academia is what it was called. Okay. And not many Airbnbs have that anymore. Now, I see a lot where it's like white ship flap, brown leather fake couch from Amazon. And like that's their style which is good. I've done a lot of that on my channel, but you know, after doing video after video of that kind of style, I, I got to do something now. Yeah. So finding good interior designs, non floral bed covers, you know, a lot of, sometimes people will send me Airbnbs and I'm like going through their bedroom and they have like, just like a floral bed cover. <laughs> I'm like, no, why would you do that? And yeah. Or like the house or like the outside is just like a regular house. I'm like, did you watch have you seen any of my videos on my channel? This doesn't like fit my channel. <laughs> Not being rude, but I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. 
And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. So how, how have you navigated that, Levi? Because, again, like, I'm sure people kind of tuning into this conversation, many of them actually do have, like, really cool spaces. Uh, many, many of the people that listen to the show, uh, you've you've shot their homes um, and or have been in communication with them, uh, at least in some part. I remember talking to to um, Isaac French. Have you have you actually gone to Live Oak Lake oh yet? Oh, my gosh. I have. You have, he, okay. Isaac French. Uh, I talked to Isaac too. He's so cool. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a he's a really really great guy. And I remember when I first met him, I I was actually out doing a, a podcast um, with uh, Sam Parr, who's who was the founder of the Hustle. He sold his newsletter company to HubSpot, the software company. And anyways, while I was out there, Isaac and I connected, and he was like, "Hey, drive to Waco and come see Live Oak Lake." And anyways, at the t- at that time, which was I guess this last summer, he was trying to get you out there. And I don't know if you. And he was like, oh, "I can't get Levi." <laughs> out there and and isaac had like an incredible space he does have an incredible place it's now you know yeah gone, gone viral and whatnot but it was but it's the question that i'm getting at is like even somebody like an isaac has a hard time getting in touch and or booking levi <laughs> so like how do you how do you oh, how do you just how do you decide like where to go like how are your you know requests are your dms just like constantly flooded with folks like how do you, how do you navigate all that oh uh, yeah it was zach or not zach Matthew with uh Isaac Isaac he yeah it was just like such bad timing because I wanted to go out but it was like I think he first reached out to me right after I did a Texas trip and like man I'm not gonna go back to Texas anytime soon <laughs> yeah so it took a while for me to plan another trip out there and I think that's why it just took so long so that, that happens to a lot somebody will reach out to me and they're like in Idaho and I'm like oh man they won't be till at least the end of this year till I plan a trip out that way. Yeah. So that can happen. Um, and, or they're just in a location that like, there's just nothing really else good out there. So it's not really worth it for me to fly out there just for one spot and come yeah. back. But that's rare. But I do get a lot, a lot of DMs. I have a, on my website, a submission form and I get those, you know, every day. Yeah. But 99, 99% of them are places I don't want to film. Yeah. 99% of them are like just regular houses or just like, just, I don't know, standard Airbnbs. So I can't, I normally ignore them because I guess I just get a lot or I'm, or I just copy and paste kind of what I say to other people. It's just like, it doesn't really fit for my channel. Um, yeah, I hope it does well. Yeah. But sometimes people reach out and it's really cool and then we'll work something out. Yeah. But yeah, most of the time it's just places that want to film. So, so I, the places I film are places that I, typically reach out for and search for got it got it okay that was my next question really interesting okay so even <laughs> even today with all the sort of inbound traffic that you get from folks more often than not the places that you shoot you're still you're still finding uh you're still reaching out uh which is that's that's super interesting do you find it hard like is it ever tempting levi when you do you do see somebody who like reaches out on your website and it's not the most ideal say but like it, you know it, it could you could you could make the case for why you could make it work on your YouTube channel yeah. and they're willing to pay you a lot. Like I, I know that you, you, you turn these, you turn this down, but like, do you ever find that like super tempting? I, I would find that super tempting. Like, dang, like, all right, this place isn't perfect, but they're going to cover, you know, my stay and they're going to pay me this. Like, 
all right, like I could make this work for a 72 hour quick trip. Like how, how do you resist that <laughs> temptation? There are some, some that's like, I'm always a little bit on the fence about and normally I'll just end up doing it if I'm on the fence about it because it's just another video and it helps me out, helps them out. But I have turned down a lot of places for money. Like this one guy offered me like five grand to shoot his house. Wow. And I'm just thinking it, it was just like, it wouldn't work though. So I just turned it down because I also have my YouTube channel that I want it to be. I don't want people to like, it has to be good, high quality stuff yeah. on my channel. So yeah. money can't fix that. So if I start posting bad quality stuff, uh, you know, that hurts my YouTube channel and in the long run that hurts me and my business no matter how much he pays me for yeah. that one time. So that's yeah. what, that's how it makes me feel good getting out of those situations. <laughs> Which makes you a great creator, right? And and like really genuine because you care about, you care about your art um, as you, as you should. Uh, I want to, I want to ask you a little bit about how long it takes. So from the time that you go out and you do a shoot, right? How long from the time that that camera clicks on to when that video is out on your channel? Oh, that depends. It, uh, like, if I do a big trip, so right now I have like seven videos in the backlog, so I have seven weeks worth of stuff. Okay. It's usually at least within two months. But to film the place, so I get there at three, which is whenever they open, or Airbnb's open. And then, you know, in the winter, it's tough because the sun will set at 5.30. Yeah. So <laughs> as soon as I get there, I'm filming until I dark. And then right whenever I wake up, I'll film the rest of it until I check out at 11. So... Wow. So you don't get any special privileges it's of like enough time. You don't get to come at like, you know, noon and then check out at like, you know, four <laughs> the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Sometimes I do. I'll ask. Yeah. Like, can I please come a little bit earlier? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I can't imagine. I was talking to uh your your buddy Mike who came on the podcast uh a couple weeks oh, ago yeah. and he mentioned the same thing. He's like, dude, it is so stressful. Like I run there. He's. He, I think he was saying like the first thing he does is like shoot the bathroom, and then he throws all of his gear into the bathroom so he can like get everything out of the way. And he's like, I just have to, yeah. you know, I have it down to like a science now because like otherwise, if if the sun goes down, like I'm screwed. Like especially especially this time of year. So all these considerations yes. that like no one thinks about when they're watching your videos, right? Is like it is. I mean, you have to be. You have to time everything perfectly. But I, I imagine you've mastered it over the years. <laughs> Yes, I've got it down to a science. My routine every time I stay. Luckily, I've never stayed at one where it's rained the whole time. Wow! So because then getting out, you want to be able to get outside shots. So I'm waiting for that day to happen where it's just pouring down rain the whole time. I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, dude, have you have you had a shoot that's just gone like terribly? And if so, like what what happened? Even if it wasn't rain. Oh, terribly! Uh, I did have one where the guy. So we don't book through Airbnb and normally I'll just get the check-in stuff through email or text or whatever. Um, I was heading to this place and it was that morning. So I'm like, Hey dude, can I have the check-in info? I, I didn't, I don't hear from him ever again. And I'm just, I get abandoned that night. And he texts, he actually texts me the next morning. He's like, Oh, sorry. You should have messaged me earlier. And then that was it. I was like, <laughs> So I had to stay somewhere completely random that night, and that was bad. But never at the shoot. Uh, the shoot's always been good. Sometimes it's a little bit lackluster. I don't want to say that. I don't know. Like, I get there, but I'm like, oh, man, they could have cleaned a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't affect affect the video, I guess. You've never had to, like, clean up or, like, fluff the pillows that it, like, looks better? 
No, no, surprisingly not. That's good. I, I, one of my very first videos I did, uh, it was like this mansion looking place in Indiana. It was like probably my second or third video. And I get there and I'm pretty sure that place was used as like a frat party house. The uh, whole place was destroyed. Uh, Furniture was everywhere. The grass hasn't been cut like all summer. It was like up to my knees. Geez. It was gross. And I just turned that video into like me roasting the place. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, yeah. That's that's embarrassing. That's that's really tough. Um, I, I, I don't think they've ever known I made that video. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, hope hopefully not. Um, I, I do. I am curious, like, if there. I, I've talked to some some folks on this podcast, um, like Jamie Jenkins, who she is the she's from Hocking Hills. She's creator of like Ecolux, um, um, rentals and. I know that you've shot like the Carpenter's Cabin, which is a property of hers, and she just launched like a new mm-hmm. a new cabin called like uh, the Glow Cabin, I think it's called. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, I was on an interview with her, and I didn't know this before the interview. And during the interview, she's like, "Yeah, like I launched the Carpenter's Cabin, and somehow either connected with I don't know if she reached out or you reached out, uh, but she credits sort of like the the big success of not just her her initial cabin, but like her portfolio to." A video that you made for her and so i'm curious like that's good how what do you hear other like how, how often do you hear stories from hosts that say oh my gosh levi like because of your video right i'm i'm booked out like is there is there any sort of way that you're able to attribute or they're able to tri- attribute sort of like the return on investment of like it, it's 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 minimal because it's a one night stay that they're giving you right because you're not you're not actually charging <laughs> yeah. them but like is there any is there any way for them to kind of track sort of the impact that your videos have had that that you've heard even anecdotally from people well that's good to hear from uh jamie i did not know that so that, that video did really well too and her globe cabin video i just uploaded did really well but i've had a couple uh hosts reach back out and say how much um it's impacted their bookings and stuff but there's no way to like directly tell like, yeah especially on my end I just do a link for the Airbnb and I can track how many clicks that uh, Airbnb link gets. So I can just track how many people visit their page from, from my video, but they might, they might not book for a year yeah. or they might save the spot or I don't know. It's tough. So the only way they would know is if the people booking said something exactly, or if the day I post it, usually the day I post it, is it the most viewed day? So it's usually within like the first week or two, it gets a like, steady views so if they get a lot more bookings than normal in the first two weeks that might be an indicator yeah but also from my experience people don't book um as soon as they find the place like i just re- i just really released my airbnb and uh, i didn't get bookings for like the first couple of days yeah yeah <laughs> after the video and stuff so i don't know it's hard to track which it is, is. kind of it's sad do you ever work with hosts like direct booking sites? Like, do they ever ask you, "Hey, Levi, can you like drop this link as opposed to like our Airbnb listing?" Yep. Yeah. So, like the Dunlap Hollow people, uh, like the Cape House, ah, that's yeah. a direct booking link. But I do the same thing. I'll just track how many people click on it. Yeah. 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 That's tough. Um, yeah. So interested. I guess they could see how much traffic they get. They get website. from yeah from 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 that link, or if they gave you like a custom tracking URL, they could track it. But uh, but yeah, that's a lot yeah. of work. Super interesting. Or on my Instagram, you know, I'll I'll track how many followers. Like I'll see how many followers they have before I post. Yeah. And then I'll see afterwards. And uh, you know, sometimes I get thousands of followers from my post, which is always nice. Yeah. So that's a little small tactic I use to track. 
Yeah, yeah. That's that's remarkable, dude. So you are also the host of, of the show, uh, Tiny B&B on the Design Network. How, how did that yeah. come to be, dude? Like, what's, what's the story there? They reached out pretty early on on my YouTube channel. I was really surprised. I thought they were, like, fake at first. I, thought, <laughs> I declined. I'm like, no. And they came back to me with, like, a higher offer. And, like, we're begging, not begging me, but they really wanted me to do it. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. And the deal was really good on my end. Um, it was just my YouTube videos, I'd re-edit them for their format. Okay. And they would be posted on the Design Network on the Roku channel. So it was really easy for me, and they they liked it too. Wow, wow. That's how that came to be. And we've done like three seasons, which is like, oh, man, I don't know, 10 or 12 episodes a season. It's, but it's just my YouTube videos kind of re-edited for a 13-minute episode. Yeah. Dude, two 13-minute episodes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's that's incredible. Last-minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest, and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form, and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. How does that break down in terms of like uh, a percentage of, of sort of like your business? Like how much of how much revenue uh, from a percentage standpoint comes from there versus sort of like YouTube advertising? And is there any is there any other sort of like re core revenue stream that you have as a part of your business? Or is it really YouTube ads? And, um, you know, I, I, I saw actually a, a sponsored uh, ad within one of your videos for like Brooklyn. And I think you, so you, I'm sure you have these like yeah. one off partnerships, too. But like, how how do you how does sort of like the uh, the revenue shake down with respect to to your business from a percentage standpoint? Um, so YouTube ad revenue is probably, I don't know, 60% maybe. Okay. Sponsorships for the videos is probably the other other. Maybe it's 50% ad okay. revenue, 40% sponsorships. Okay. Sponsorships are really nice. Yeah. And then probably 10% like extra stuff like the design network or, um, you know, now I've got to add my own Airbnb into it. Yeah. So I don't know what that would be. And I might, this year I want to release uh, a couple things to sell. So maybe that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Got a couple things in the works. Yeah, yeah. Are you able to give us any sort of hint at what those things might be? It's okay. You can say no. You can say no. But I, I want to. I want to be trying to release my own coffee. So if you like coffee, ah, okay, my own brand of coffee, dude. I love it. That'll be cool. I love it. I love it. Yeah, talking. It's if it's perfect with the cabins. It does. Stuff. It does, dude. It does. <laughs> I mean, how cool, especially for the people that like are nerds about this stuff, like like me, where if I was staying at an Airbnb. And then I saw Levi Kelly's coffee there. It'd be like, whoa, like this is ridiculous. Like how cool. 
Um, there, that, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. It would just elevate the experience immediately. It would like it, it would it would sort of communicate a sense of quality like from from the get go. Yeah. Yeah, I want to connect with hosts and like definitely get it with inside of a bunch of Airbnbs. Yeah, dude. Oh, that... and then you could just buy yourself too. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it, dude. Um, what a couple final questions for you, man. One is just around as you've stayed in. Do you know how many homes have you like shot? Do you know? Do you know what the number is off the top of your head? It's approaching two hundred. Wow. Okay, two hundred. Wow. Two hundred. Yeah. You, so you've seen two hundred, and you've shot two hundred of arguably like the nicest if not close to the nicest homes available in the all in the states or, or have you done anything internationally i've done a couple in mexico but in that, the okay. states i want to go international i had plans but to go international before uh covid hit ah yeah but jeez dude that sucks um i'd like to hit canada this summer and then eventually europe of course yeah yeah dude wow there's some incredible stays in canada uh that are totally up your alley so um yeah have you have you seen like the fort treehouse before the fort treehouse where is it it's in it's in canada i wish i, I feel like such an american when everyone's like where i'm like in canada i don't know <laughs> like um i think i want to say ontario uh which is still I a huge probably province. have um it's called the fort treehouse they so they they went like they literally like went to school yes. learned how to build these crazy cool tree houses and they've uh, uh, Cam and Lauren are their names Cam and Lauren Greenwood, anyways they've been okay. on this podcast and their their place is just absolutely remarkable um and I feel like totally yeah. up your alley so and they're doing some they're trying to do some cool things too. Yeah, I just looked them up. I have seen them before. Yeah. It does look like something I'd go film. I like the wood and the shape exterior. See, this is something that looks really good on the outside. It's just so eye catching that. Yeah, yeah, this would be something I want to go film. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. Um, well, uh, my 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 question for you was in light of staying in all these remarkable places. Like, what what sort of promotional tips or marketing like tips do you have for folks who are tuning into this podcast? Again, most of the people that are listening to this podcast are building really cool brands around their short-term rentals and or they're building uh, a collection of short-term rentals. Some aren't building anything yet, but want to build something. So what, what sort of like, what are like Levi Kelly's top two or three pieces of advice for how to, how to, you know, market and or promote your stay? How to market my top three advices would be one. If you don't have professional photos taken, your stay, get professional photos taken, invite some influencers, you know, search up some that you think would be good fit for you and your page. If they get good engagement, then that's what you like to see. You know, I'm sure people get a lot of influencers in quotations reaching out to them and they're just like questioning about it. Like, I don't know if I should do this. Always look at their engagement. How many likes, how many comments, how many followers do they have? If they have a bunch of followers, but like no engagement, then stay away from them. But if they get, you know, if they get a bunch of engagement, that means people are going to be, clicking on whatever they post so if they post about your stay they're, they're going to click on it and check it out so you know from jamie jenkins she said that she got a ton of bookings from my video that's just proof right there that influencers are very very valuable yeah especially in getting your airbnb known because that's kind of tough i was thinking to myself i'm like man when i've uploaded my airbnb if i didn't have my channel i'd be like how in the world would i get people to see this yeah <laughs> it's like there's just so much out there so you know get help doing that number two uh, this one is really important i think uh is elevating the airbnb experience so Mm. 
I just stayed at this one place called um, the Littlefoot Cabin or Lightfoot Cabin in California. Whenever I got there, they didn't advertise this at all, which I don't know if that's good or bad. But whenever I got there, I had to do like this um, clue solving trail thing. So I'd get Uh a clue and I'd go somewhere else in the house, get a clue, go somewhere else. And it led to a, a hidden bookcase door that that led to uh, the basement theater room. Jeez. And that, none of that was advertised in there. I didn't even know that it was a thing. They didn't even advertise it in the Airbnb. But, uh, you know, that things like that elevate the experience so much more compared to other Airbnbs because they're, the guests are going to be talking about that forever. They're going to tell all their friends. They're going to, like, want to come back or whatever and suggest that place to other people because it was just special. Yeah. So if you – if hosts can think of something special to do it doesn't have to be some super elaborate you know hidden bookcase doorway to a theater room uh but just something like that i think helps and it goes a long way yeah because the people that stay at your cabin are your advertisers too yeah yeah that's amazing i freak i, I have to go check this out this sounds like un- unreal um and totally aligns with some of the th- it was cool the things that i've been hearing a lot of people talk about too recently especially for those who might not have like the most incredibly, you know, uh, beautiful, beautiful sort of stay or the most incredibly unique stay, but it's like something like that. Any, anyone could find a way to, to do a version of that, like gamify sort of the experience yeah. slightly, even if you have like an average place, right? Um, that this is a, a really cool yeah. way to elevate the guest experience. Yeah. Maybe they do like in the clues, there were like scrolls with stamps on them, but, uh, you could do something else with that. It could lead to like, a small jar of cookies or something that you left there for them. I don't know. Something to be fun uh, and uh, give them something that they felt like was extra, even though they paid for it, but they paid for it unknowingly that they're getting this item, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that. That's, that's wonderful advice, dude. Um, My, my, my last question for you, and you've hinted at this a little bit with, with, uh, you know, Levi's, Levi's coffee here. But um, what what is next for for you, Savannah and Weston? Like, what happens when you've seen all of the Airbnbs? Like, what happens when you've shot right everything that there is to shoot? People can't build homes as fast as you know Levi can get out to shoot them. So, like, what? How do you think about the next three years? Like, what do you, what do you want to do? Well, that is a problem I've kind of came across is that you know people you they don't build places faster than I can go shoot. Meaning. Um, like with the same interior design places, you know, I'm going to shoot them all before the next cool thing comes out, which kind of stinks for me, but it's good that I think, you know, my videos help people expand and get better at building cool Airbnbs, even if it's just a small percentage way. Yeah. Cause I'm, you know, I get a lot of messages from people saying that, oh, they watched all my videos for their inspiration and they, for their tiny house or whatever. So, you know, it takes them two years to build the place. I, I can't wait two years. <laughs> I gotta keep going. <laughs> but I don't know if I'll ever run out of places. Some areas I've definitely run out of, and I probably won't be back for a long time, which I don't know. Maybe I will run out. I need to go to Europe or Canada because I mean, if I expand, then I definitely won't ever run out. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm only doing 52 a year once a week. I, I would like to do more, but that's tough. Yeah. It takes a lot of work. I just hired somebody to be with me, uh, come help film with me full time. Nice. Uh, before, before all of this, it was just me editing, planning, filming. But now he's going to come and uh, 
film with me, which I think will be. We'll make. I want to make this year just the videos better hmm. instead of what what they've been. I'm just trying to adapt and become a better uh, at this. Yeah. And what else? Uh, I got my own Airbnb this year. We just opened our first guest day this weekend, actually. Yes, so, congratulations! That'll be fun. It looks awesome. And you guys, Thank you. you guys built it. Your it's like a container home, right? And you guys built it yourself. It it's a tiny house on wheels. A tiny house but on we wheels. We took it okay. off the wheels. Okay. Yeah, we just took it off the wheels and put it on the foundation, and we remodeled it. Uh, it wasn't the original plan with what we wanted to do on our property, but the opportunity came up, up to buy that tiny house. It was, came up for sale like a couple miles down the road. Wow. And we're like, this is going to be easier than building probably, so we'll just try it out. Yeah. And I, I know it's not the most crazy. Like, It was kind of nerve-wracking before I did it because everybody comment like, oh, you're going to have like the coolest thing ever because you've seen all these cool places. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> I mean, it's we made the inside really beautiful. Yeah. And it's on six acres of property with a pond. But, you know, it's not the most, it's not a cave house or anything. So. Hey, one we step did what at a time. Could. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, one step at a time. We just wanted a nice place for people around the area to escape uh, from. And... Yeah, we did it all ourselves as learning. I wanted to do it all myself. I wanted to become titled, self-titled myself a professional homeowner. Oh, there you go. Learning everything. <laughs> uh, dude, so. that is amazing. That is amazing. Well, I am so thankful for, for your time, man. And really, honestly, I, I'm... I'm thankful for your time. I'm, I'm more thankful for everything that you've done for this industry. I think you've carved a path for so many other folks, so many other creators to, quite frankly, be able to, you know, have careers, work for themselves, like people being like, hey, like I, I, I'm the next Levi Kelly or, or hey, I, I could do this like Levi, like maybe Levi won't come to your home. I will. Right. Like you've 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 enabled right this whole category of, of new creator to to, to be born. Um, and so thank you. Thank you for that. Number one. And number two, just thank you. I think for just elevating the space, like as a whole, I think you've inspired, I, you, you've, your DMS are probably full of people who've said, Hey, you've inspired me to build my own thing. Right. Or you've inspired me to, instead of going and investing in sort of these couple of more traditional spaces, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to create something from scratch and, and make it Insta worthy, right. Or make it, make it YouTube worthy, make it Levi worthy. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's there just, uh, that's just such, such a cool accomplishment. Uh, you're still so early on in your, your career here. And I just, I can't wait to see what you continue to do. So thanks for doing what you do. And, um, thanks for coming on today. Thanks a lot, man. And thanks for having me. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.